0: Welcome to the Next Steps podcast. A special one today. We've got a great team to talk about uh, what we were talking about on Sunday. Before we go too much further, are going to acknowledge and pay respects to the first Tasmanian peoples as traditional owners and custodians of the land we walk on. We also pay respects to elders past, present, and emerging, and for their care and country, land, and seas over the past thousands of generations. I'm Matt, and uh, next to me, over, no, that way, is, is James. Hey, uh, oh, James. Uh, James has uh, been part of our church for about 12 months, offers a free man's counselling service, uh, does a bunch of other stuff, and he's uh, also part of our sermon prep team. Beside James, uh, not physically beside, but just on the screen beside, uh, is Raj, who's a mate, and uh, uh, is the pastor at IC Church, He's a stand-up comedian, a rap artist, and 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 uh, he's running for Hobart Council. And then underneath the three of us, you'll find Gus, uh, who's also a mate. I, I have breakfast with Gus once a week uh, and a couple other guys. And and Emily, uh, who has, I guess, I don't know whether it's between Gus and Emily, who's been at the church longer, um, but uh, certainly M. Uh, uh, is a, a key part of our, our church family, and was leading worship on Sunday, despite the fact she was recovering from a cold and and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, <laughs> thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, this is this is fun. Um, now, Raj, I, I was just we were just saying off camera before we started. uh You you sent me a text saying you, you enjoyed the sermon, which is why I, I wrote you in because I figured that oh he enjoyed it. The, You could have some positive reinforcement. (laughs) (laughs) But but also, uh, you've been uh, watching our services online for a little
1: bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our church service is at 4 o'clock, so most of the time we are home in the morning and uh, I usually log on to YouTube to watch Citywide as we have, you know, it's already there. It comes in the suggestion now as well and it's great video quality. So Plus, I enjoy uh, listening from Pastor Matt.
0: That's the right thing to say. No, no, that's great. <laughs> well, it's great Mine to have from you, my
1: coach. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and we want to dive in. The, the, the question of the of this next steps podcast is how do we actually do this stuff? How do we how do we take the Bible seriously? Um, and I I was planning. Uh, you'll be pleased to know I was planning to talk about a lot more on Sunday, but our sermon prep team warned me off it. And and they they said, yeah, just the the little bit you're going to talk about, there's enough in that and there's so much else happening in the service. So I'll I'll do part two next Sunday. Um, But we'll start with this because we started with kind of this verse um, that it's kind of a real, uh, a a very precious verse uh, and just a, a helpful reminder where Jesus says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. One of the things I was saying on Sunday, and it's it's interesting for me talking to others but also understanding my my own life, just knowing that I'm valuable, like really matters. Like that God... God actually does care. Because there have been times in my life where I felt pretty alone and, and, and uh, where it's not been simple. And, and what this verse says pretty clearly is you've never actually been alone. God has known. He's been with you. But I don't know. That's been a part of the personal journey for me. I'm interested to hear from you guys, this journey of wrestling with the idea that God actually cares for you and you matter. Is that something that's easy for you to come to terms with or is it something that it's a bit of a journey? I wonder, Gus, if we kick it off with you. And we'll...
2: Sure. Well, I was going to just sort of mention you You made a statement on the Sunday, Matt, which was pretty basic and pretty simple, but actually a little bit problematic in a sense. You said um, that that Point the starting point. You matter to God. That has to be the foundation. That you Mm. matter profoundly. Everything has to start from there. And it sort of gave me the thought: Well, if you don't start with that, then you're sort of you're not in the game. Like you're not able to to participate. And I'm I don't mean to take the conversation in a negative direction, but it sort of struck me that that's not everyone's experience, and it's certainly not you know all of our experience or my experience Mm. all the time. And so you know when that becomes you know I suppose, either part of your your background, your psychology and what what you think and believe and feel, or you're in a space where that's where you, where you are, it does feel like it's pretty hard to move forward. And hmm. so, yeah, you know, I guess I spent a bit, after I heard you say that, it sort of made my, my mind started to wander a little bit. And I thought, well, what happens if you're not actually thinking that or you're actually thinking something contrary to that, as in I don't matter, you know, I'm not particularly important, no one cares, nobody loves me. You know, you go into a bit of a sort of a... Yeah. Know, sort of a slightly negative space. Does that mean, you know, your whole walk then and your, you know, your relationship with God and your your ability to follow Jesus is actually fatally marred or something? Certainly,
0: I'll tell you what I had in my head when I said it. Then I wish I'd hear from you, you three others, see what you think. Uh, I, I know how easy it is for me when I'm feeling alone. To then look at other strategies to try and sort things out, or and, and I think the journey for me, there's actually there's a there's a new album I'm listening to at the moment. I I'm not, I don't often get into music, uh, but there's a new there's an artist, a a lady called Christine DeMarco who's got this album called The Field, uh, and 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 I, I think. One of the things she talks about in, in, in those songs, it's a really, it's a, it's, it sounds like it's a very sweet sort of sounding album, but it hits you between the eyes because the lyrics are so strong, very confronting in, in many ways. And one of the things she's saying is, uh, I, 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 forgive me for the times I've tried to, uh, I, I, I've tried to have it all together and I end up putting a, 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 a a barrier around my own heart and and i and how easy it is to either to go down the religious bit where you're trying to work it out or just to throw it all away but but for me i think what i had in my head is unless i know i'm loved by god then i then all kinds of other stuff kicks into gear and i'm not actually in that moment and i'm talking moment by moment rather than your eternal future but I'm not actually following Jesus if I know I'm not loved by God. And there are plenty of times, I don't know if it's like safe for a pastor to say this, but there are lots of times where I fear, I forget and I feel alone and I lose sight of God. So I don't know if that makes any sense of it, a bit of a ramble, but I don't know, uh, uh, Raj or James or Emily, how you bounce off this thing of, because I did say what Gus was saying, I said, yeah, look, if you're not, if you don't know that you're valued by God, then you know, I, I, it has to be the foundation of everything else. I don't know. How do you guys bounce off that?
3: Yeah, when, when I heard that statement, I took it as that you were saying that that's the key. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's a process, you know, like anything else, like sanctification, that, you know, we take two steps forward and ten backwards. And so it's, and I I think I agree when you say that if we don't know that we're valued by God, then we aren't walking with Jesus, Mm. because He tells us not only that we're the most valuable thing to God, but He died for us. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a whole relational thing, and the key is to know that we
0: are valued by god it, and i i think you i think you're right and i think that it's the key there with your words we're walking with god because I, I think it doesn't mean we're not loved by god or but but it's we're not we're, we're not in that moment in relationship with god i don't know m how about, how do you bounce off this
4: it's a bit of a hard one because I've never doubted that God, yeah, I am loved by God, but it's hard to remember you're loved by him when you've got so much crap going on in your life, when you're not being loved and cared for the way you should be by the people around you on earth. And I think uh, that's something a lot of my non-Christian friends struggle with because it's hard to, you know, well, if God does love me, why is all of this rubbish happening to me? Um, Mm. And, yeah, if if you're not dealt a fair hand for a season or a time, um, God's not a physical being. And I remember a lot of the time, I just, you know, in chapters that weren't so great, wanting a hug, wanting that kind Mm. of connection that God can't give us. So love is there, but it's not the same as the other kind of, you know, human to human love and affection and appreciation.
0: Mm. Mm. How about you, Raj? How do you bounce off this thing of knowing? Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. I Definitely. mean, for me, you know, uh, ca- coming to know Jesus was quite different uh, because I grew up in a religious background where God doesn't love you, but what you do, you you know, you praise and worship gods uh, for different seasons of your life uh, to get an outcome and see if you can please them to get it. Uh, for me, when I came to know Jesus, you know, uh, in Australia and Hobart, That was a little bit, uh, you know, confronting for me in starting uh, to, you know, come to that fact to say that, yes, you know, there's a God who can love you. And when I read the Gospels and stuff, listening to the stories of apostles and how these people were so crazy that they actually gave up their lives uh, for someone. I've never heard of that in our religious background before. So, you know, that really got me thinking uh, to understand, you know, they must have seen uh, that, you know, somehow he is there. Uh, Otherwise, their attitude would not have changed from being scared at the time of resurrection and then after three days completely ready to die. Uh, So, you know, when I came to know Jesus, that was the point uh, defining for me in my life, saying that, yes, you know, it must be real. And I still don't remember the time, uh, you know, that moment in my life when God wiped everything off. And put that in my mind that, yes, I'm here. Uh, and I'll always stand by your side, no matter what other people do. And my personality and life has changed after that. And everything else that I've done in my life uh, is knowing in back of my consciousness that, yes, yeah, there is a God that stands behind me. You know, uh, mm. No matter what I do, uh, he's still going to support me. Even if I fail, he's not going to laugh at me. Uh, You know, and that keeps on going as Pastor Matt, you introduce your rapper, comedy, and things like that. You know, I do most of the time. A lot of people laugh at that, including my own family, saying, what are you doing? You know, and uh, these are are some of the things, you know, I go to God and say, uh, I know that you are not laughing. Um, You want me uh, to express myself and do these things. So certainly that is one of the foundations for me has been Uh, that I've been able to be part of such big community and do the things that I've never dreamt of doing Uh, because I was so strongly held uh, in my own conscience and my people around me saying, this is not the right thing to do. Why do you need to do this and things like that? So I was not able to express myself. So certainly, you know, I I, I think, you know, whenever I'm thinking down, I focus on saying, well, he's not laughing at me at least Um, and he won't doubt me. And whatever happens at the end, you know, he will still stand by my side. Uh, so, yeah, certainly makes sense to me.
0: That's great, mate. I think that really gets to the thing we're talking about. It's a, It's got to be the foundation. And for, what you, oh. I think you're talking about being a foundation, that the back of your oh. mind, you know, it's okay. Oh. Oh. I, I don't know, Gus, as you hear these guys chat, does it?
2: yeah yeah no I think that is helpful and and also I suppose the other thing it did remind me of and you know I thought about since then like since Sunday was that you know it, it, if it was all just up to how I felt about whether I was loved you know whether I was had a warm feeling but like Emily saying and you know, if you're sort of looking for something that matches more of your you know your earthly thing then you're going to miss out on that from time to time that won't always be your experience so I think mm. you know I, I I'm a bit like Emily I'm quite pleased to be able to actually know i believe that god loves me not only that i feel that god loves me and so those two things you know they can sort of tag team sometimes you know i don't actually necessarily feel it but you just that's when you just have to hold on to the things that you know and you believe so so i guess that was the other sort of you know conclusion that made me feel you know better about that
0: yeah yeah thanks mate i think that helps us drill down there And, and it's interesting for me that jesus so quickly now changes gears in the the passage and he says uh, who, so he's kind of said, look, you need to know I see you, you matter, but it's not all about you. He says, uh, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in Heaven. He actually goes to say the, the flip side of that, whoever disowns me before others, I'll disown before my Father in Heaven, which is fairly full on. Uh, thing, particularly when we like the, the picture of jesus sort of being gentle and mild and but i think um and and it was helpful for me to see that the greek word for acknowledge is not not just an intellectual thing it, it actually is a reflection of what what is going on for you like that, that jesus is saying you need to be ready to let people know uh how i have changed your life and 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 that that assumes I think that your life has changed, like that that you are in relationship with Jesus. I, I think it's good good to remember you don't have to put on an act is, is in what he's saying. Um, but I don't know how, how do you guys bounce off that that teaching of Jesus that that whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. And then the flip side of that as well.
3: What I um, really liked about the sermon was the clarification that that's not a threat. It's an expression of sadness. Yeah. That, you know, if you don't do this, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to do this for you. Yeah. And that has huge implications.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah I, I think it was important for me to to realize sometimes i can hear god having an angry voice with me and i and i, and I read that between the lines and i don't think that's there that's not in his character it's just like jesus saying uh if you're not if your life hasn't been changed by me and if you're sort of hiding me off in a corner then i don't know if it's going to work you know I don't. how about uh, Raj or or Emma or Gus, how do you bounce off this stuff?
1: I mean, for me, again, Pastor Mad, uh, you know, it became a, a foundation kind of a thing when I came to know Jesus, that uh, this is one thing, you know, if I am going to live uh, a life, you know, following him and his teachings and, you know, throwing away the idols from my life, and I, I had to live it openly, you know. Yeah. Uh, I was not scared to tell my family and friends and I was not scared what they're going to think, whether they laugh on it or not. And on and off, you know, God brings those moments in our lives. Uh, you know, when I'm able to share uh, that what I went through and what God did for me and what he can do for you too. So I personally think that's kind of a, uh, not a threat, but you know, if Rio is there tomorrow, if he, uh, is ashamed of me, not acknowledging me as his uh, dad or something, I will really feel sad. Uh, in the same yeah. way, you know, uh, I'm not ashamed of uh, the God that I follow because there's nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, yeah. So I'm confident uh, in in my heart when, when people ask me, why do you follow him? I know that there, there is an answer uh, that will not be taken up as confronting because it speaks about love, peace equality, justice. And this is what his life has been about. Uh, so uh, I personally think it, it's, a, it's a thing of a personal choice. If you are really living for him and you know him uh, inside your heart, you you will not have any problem with that sentence at all. Yeah. Um, and, and I've never felt a confronted statement like that, that, you know, how do I say that to people? Because it just comes naturally. I'm not afraid, I'm not ashamed of who he is because it's kind of a proud thing to say, yes, there is a God who can forgive you. Uh, You've never heard of that before. Uh, So, Yeah, that's my opinion.
0: Yeah, that's great, mate. And and it's lovely to hear some of your journey because you've had to wrestle that story as you chatted to your family and and even your wife going, what are you doing? (laughs) And so it, it really has been part of your journey, hasn't it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, the hardest part was uh, when uh, my wife was not a Christian for two years uh, and I had to live uh, with that line that I'm going to acknowledge it in front of her or do I act uh, that everything is fine? And I just couldn't act anymore, you know, so there came a time when I when I could not go to a temple where I could not take part in the worships that we were doing for Hinduism or anything like that. And then that became a part of my life that I said, now, you know, this is it. Uh, Whether you like it or not, uh, this is who I am. And this is what I'm going to do from now on. And God, uh, you know, he came back to the first line. He did care for me. And he brought my wife. uh, And he showed her that he's there. So, Yeah. Absolutely.
2: That's a great testimony, Raj. That's really good to hear. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I suppose, mate, I had a similar sort of thing to what James was saying. You know, I think for me, if you think of it as a sort of an angry judging voice saying, you know, if you if you don't, then I won't. You know, that didn't resonate to me on, you know, how I Mm. feel. God speaks to me about it. That the sad, the sad voice about it, you know, like the disappointment if it doesn't happen, you know, I can't do this for you. Mm. That that also I, you know, I get, I guess that does resonate a bit more. The other way I probably also like to think about it is almost as an encouragement you know it's almost encouraged to like the I read it as you know don't bother trying to go through the charade don't don't do a facade around this that's not actually gonna get us anywhere so Mm. what I'm doing I'm encouraging you to be real about it you know to try and let your guard down at least don't you know even if you want to have your guard up with other people okay, that's one thing, but don't do that with me because that's not going to work, mm. you know, because then we're not going to be in a relationship and, you know, I can't bring you into my family. So that's, mm. that's sort of more the way I was thinking about it. Um, and it's interesting because that does make sense to me because, you know, he, the, the religious people of the time that Jesus was dealing with, they were all about the facade, weren't they? I mean, mm. they were all about doing things for show and all that sort of stuff, and he was trying to challenge that. And so, you know, I think that challenge is still, you know, good for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we just lost Raj. Uh, Your body probably pop back. M, how do you how do you hear all this?
4: I liked the analogy that yeah, like everybody else has already said. Um, yeah, it's not an angry voice; it's just a you know um, yeah, more of a sad voice. But for me, it's been a, like spiritual maturity has helped. It wasn't easy in school, particularly. Um, sadly, um, I think a lot of young people struggle in. You know, I was in a public school and I actually, you know, got a bit of bullying every time I tried to talk about, you know, Mm. church on the weekend and stuff. So it's not that you feel shame. I never felt shame or anything to hide, but it just became not worth the battle, not worth the garbage that came afterwards. Uh, But, yeah, getting older, getting baptised, which is the public declaration, which I think it's meant to be. You publicly stand Mm. out that I don't care about that anymore. Um, And now I'm currently dealing with a bit of that, um, I've always been big on in my non-Christian circles, shining the light, being an encouragement, but not being pushy. And I mm. think because I've told myself that so, so much, I'm actually um, not talking openly enough. And I've got a few non-Christian friends that they're at a place where they want to know more and they want to be invited to things. And I've missed a few opportunities because I've just gotten so stuck in that way for so long. So now I'm just I'm working on that. But I think a big part is also just acknowledging that life's still hard, because it is. And I like that you. I think you did say that on Sunday. We still walk a tough life, but we yeah. walk it with hope, assurance, and love, and it makes it easier in a way. Doesn't mean we don't face challenges, though.
0: Yeah, well, that's really helpful. I, I, I think I love the the nuance of you really wrestling wrestling it through. And, and I and I don't know. Uh, James and Gus, as you hear him talk, the, the thing of I, I can identify with, you know, you can be so busy trying to um, not be pushy that you, you go the other end and, and, and you end up avoiding conversations that are there to be had or, you
3: know. I mean, I, that's how I used to think. And then it suddenly occurred to me that if God wants me to talk to someone, then the Holy Spirit will give me the words. Mm-hmm. And so I don't look at it as missing opportunities now. I say, well, you know, God must have known that that person wasn't ready or I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And so I take a great deal of comfort in that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I feel, I don't know how you others, sometimes I feel like God has actually given me words. And i and you back be so. mm.
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs>
2: yeah, I feel that so and I understand what you're saying, Emily, because I you know, do feel similarly that, you know, over my life I've sort of been hesitant or, you know, not wanting to be pushy or, or whatever. You know, I don't I'm quite sensitive to that, therefore the opportunities that present I, I don't necessarily take and you know, sometimes you just have to realise it's actually not about me. It's nothing to do with how I get responded to or whatever that's actually irrelevant. It's actually just about, you know someone else and, and their creator and, mm. you know, whether you want to yeah. have any kind of input into helping them on that journey. And from, that does free it up a little bit for me because then it's actually not whether anything I do succeeds or not, you mm. know, that's sort of out of my hands really. Yeah. Mm. I should say sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. Yeah. 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 So you think to yourself,
3: <laughs> is he yeah. not giving me the words or am I not listening?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So he then goes on. This is we talked about this on Sunday too, and and says something that it doesn't really fit the the picture people have of Jesus. Where he says, uh, "Don't suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth," because I mean, all the Christmas carols we sing, sing are saying the opposite of that. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Uh, and then I I um I read the quote from the Pillar New Testament commentary where. Leon Morris says, there is, of course, a most important sense in where uh, God or Jesus came to bring peace, but the peace he came to bring is not simply the absence of strife. It's a, a peace that means the overcoming of sin and bringing in of the salvation of God. And that means war with evil and, accordingly, hostility against those who support the ways of wrong. Um, There's lots of levels to this. But I, I don't know, do you, do you guys have an, an initial response to this this idea that Jesus didn't come to bring peace? And In fact, what I said on Sunday was there are some kinds of peace that are evil, where if you have peace with evil, is, probably, is, is an, a form of evil in its own right. Yeah.
3: I mean, for I, me, that I've always looked at that passage with a great deal of comfort because I see that, The sword is, Jesus is bringing the sword to cut out the cancer of sin. Hmm. And even though there is a sense that it brings peace, it's a process. Peace comes at the end. Um, But there's a battle to go through first.
0: Yeah. So how does that, how how does this work out in the real world for you guys? Is it this whole thing of... Mm -hmm. Jesus comes to bring the
2: sword. I I don't know what, whether it's right or not, but I gave it my own interpretation on that a bit, Matt, and I was thinking about, you know, Jesus did not come to be a conformist. You know, he never said, I'm going no. to swim with the crowd and, you know, go along and all that. He actually came to be a disruptor, to challenge the status quo and challenge the thinking and, again, challenge that whole religious sort of interpretation and... You know, that, that term, disruptors, is a very big thing in our current sort of lingo, isn't it? You know, we've got lots of disruption going on and it made me think, and this is something that you guys may or may not have seen, but there's that, um, I can't remember his name, I should look, actually look it up, an Aboriginal um, um, comedian who did some, you know, did some did a sort of a, a presentation or a, a, it wasn't actually stand-up, but anyway, it was a, it was a thing. And he, he got on and got very angry, you know, about, you know, I will not shut up and I won't be silenced and I, you know, won't Mm. be told to behave and, you know, fit in and all that. And I remember at the time feeling a bit sort of, ooh, like it was actually quite prickly. And I remember feeling a little bit, you know, your hackles go up a little bit when you hear it. But it was actually really good to hear because it was like, that's a way to cut across a very prevailing, you know, unempowered, unheard, you know, unchallenged sort of status quo in our culture. And like once I sort of... I suppose, sat with that over a couple of months made me think that was a really good thing to do. Like, I was actually thankful that I mm. heard that and not I'd seen it, whereas at the time I really didn't. And I feel like that's a bit of what God's plan with Jesus was to insert Jesus into history at a point in time when it needed to be changed There needed to be a big disruption for want of a better term. Otherwise, you know, the old, the old law and the old covenant and all that was not going to get God reconciled with his people and his creation and therefore, you know, I when you say a sword, it was like a big disruption. Jesus came to challenge the status quo and does so for us, like, you know, in our current contemporary culture and life, we can be going on the same way that, you know, the world is, and you can call it sin or selfishness or, or whatever. But I mean, you know, he's actually cutting across that and still saying, follow me, come and do something a bit more radical, do something different. And Mm -hmm. that was my interpretation, I suppose, of, you know, not peace. I'm not just going along with the flow. I'm, I'm coming to lay out a challenge for you guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think your interpretation is pretty much on the money. Uh, em, how are you bouncing off this?
4: Yeah, mirroring what Gus said, um, we've been watching The Chosen and I think that's a big thing that I just really got the the visual of. He was there hanging out in bars all hours of the night, hanging out with prostitutes, going and He, he was healing people on days that he wasn't supposed to and everyone was getting all up in arms about it and he could have just waited to Monday. But he didn't want to and he kept telling his disciples, you know, they were, they were worried for his safety and trying to protect him. He's like, but I'm here for a purpose and I'm here for a short time and it's kind of getting to the point where he knows that time is running out and so he's getting even more. I've got less time. I need to do what I'm here to do. And, yeah, he didn't um, didn't come to do, yeah, he came to shake things up is a great way to put it. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I actually finished with the, the passage from Jeremiah where I, got, I read this in my quiet time a, a few days earlier and it just feel like it nailed what that was about where, where Jeremiah says, from the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain, which sounds a bit familiar. This is the whole capitalist economy. Uh, pro- uh, prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. They dress the wounds of my people as though it weren't serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their desi- detestable conduct? No, they've got no shame at all. They don't even know how to blush. So, so they'll fall among the fallen. They'll be brought down by when I punish them. I I think I, what I heard in Jesus' words in his passage in Jeremiah is how easy it is for me uh, to make peace or to not confront. I, I talked a bit on Sunday about treaties, how uh, God told the people of Israel not to make treaties with the people in the land, and and I, how easy it is for me to make a wrong kind of peace with sometimes my own behaviour, or sometimes things in a relationship that aren't need to be spoken out, or uh, I, I, where I dress the wounds with, and, and without pretending it's serious, and and I think it's kind of the call in it all to 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 take uh to to not pretend things not not to not to make peace with things that shouldn't be made peace with and i, and I think the quest of this podcast is how do we bring this home in the real world and i think for me i'm realizing uh i need to keep watching the the places in my life where i've made a wrong kind of peace i don't know how do you guys hear that or respond to that way of thinking Yeah,
3: I I think that's right because there are certain things that we shouldn't make peace with. There are certain things that we need to make progress on and they're usually the things that we've hidden away so that there's no light shining on them. Mm -hmm. And there are things that we need to be saying to God, show me those areas so I can bring them out and deal with them then I can make peace with them. But, I mean, he did promise us. It wasn't, you know, I haven't come to bring peace, but he promised us that the world wouldn't make peace with us. Yeah. uh, As his followers. Yep. And I think there are so many things that we make peace with in the world that we need to look at again.
0: Yeah, that that echoes for me, mate. I, I I can tell. There's parts of me that are drawn to stuff that they shouldn't shouldn't be drawn to, or there's parts of me. There there are. I know in almost every relationship I have, I know the conversations to avoid. Yeah, um, because it's going to cause problems, and it doesn't mean you wade into those conversations willy nilly or. Whatever, but but watching which things you avoid, the the wrong. The conflict, the right when, when you avoid the right kind of conflict. Yeah. Choose uh, no, your battle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Gus is. Uh, uh, Raj is just saying his his phone overheated and he hasn't been able to get back in, so we probably won't <laughs> see him again. But we'll uh, have to wait until winter. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was great having it. Like his his input was fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, Dustin, M, how do you bounce off this this whole thing of the the wrong kind of piece?
4: It worries me a bit. I don't know. I feel a bit. I don't know how to phrase it. Um it's hard to know whether or not I'm adapting too much making peace with the wrong things because we're in a very progressive world where lots of things change all the time and particularly in a school setting policies and things are coming in that are very different to what they were like even five years ago um and I guess it's just a bit of an ongoing challenge you know i, I at the forefront I need to love and accept everyone and treat people the way that I think Jesus would treat people but I guess there's lots of things change it's a bit of a I don't know, where's the line and um, and yeah. I, am I moving the line? Is the world moving the line or does God need me to move the line back? And um, a lot of the time I think that stuff's all beyond me anyway and there are people that are a lot higher up in the areas that I work and live and play in that they can deal with that. And I don't know whether or not just hoping that if I was really doing something wrong or should stand up against something that God would really lay that down thick on me like it wouldn't sit well. Mm. But then is that just me avoiding it? And I have no answer to that.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I find, Matt, I mean, you've you've mentioned this a couple of times about this notion of, you know, doing treaties or what have you, you know, over issues where, you know, you probably can't. And I find that quite hard because, you know, I don't feel that I have, you know, quite the, um, you know, the perspective or the you know, the clarity to be able to see what those things are that, you know, no, that's not right. Keep working through There's Something's got to be said. It's got to be addressed. It's got to be uncovered or whatever mm. versus those things where that's not, you know, as James said, you know, that's that's not the battle for now or that's not the thing you need to resolve, leave it alone and, you know, onto something else. So I don't feel that I have, you know, especially when you've got you're in relationship with other people and they've got a different hmm. perspective. And so, you know, for me to say, you know, my agenda is is this stuff and, you know, therefore we've got some work to do around that. And if others don't see it that way, then it makes me think, you know, maybe I'm missing the point a little bit. So, so um, you know, I guess I don't, don't always have the confidence to know what those right things are to, you know, really dig into. I'm um, just going just, just to mention one other thing, though, that I you mentioned at the start about music, and I've, I've been reengaging a little bit with something, some music that I used to love that I haven't actually done much in the way of music for a long time, but you know, a lot of Keith Green songs, and I've really been oh, yeah. enjoying listening to that song, Asleep in the Light. Oh, some yeah. of the lyrics, I think, of that are fantastic, and I mean, I think this has, again, reminded me of Jesus and bringing the sword you know, where he says the world is sleeping in the dark, that the church just can't fight because it's asleep in the light. I mean, that's a terrible yeah. state to be in. And so I think that's what we've got to be a bit careful of. And that's a bit like Emily saying, you know, you've got to be careful that you're not, you know, just going benign or going numb on things that are actually really important for us as salt and light to be actually, you know, taking to heart. And, you know, the, it sort of ends with how can you be so numb to, to not care if they don't come, you, know, you mm. can't pretend the job's done by closing your eyes in the light. And I mean, I think that's so that's so true. And we're at risk of doing that, especially in a middle class, you know, um, you know, quite Anglo church that we are, and all that sort of thing. It's pretty easy to not be very attuned to the struggles that a lot of other people and communities and what have you are having. And you know, I think that's where we are at risk of you know doing exactly that, falling asleep in the light.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I I think it's confronting because it, like when when you're asleep, (laughs) it's warm and cozy and it doesn't hurt and it's, (laughs) but but it I I do have a sense that in in a thousand years time as we look back on this moment there will be stuff that we wish we were seeing differently probably, like I, I. but um, and I, 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 at the same time, I, I I reckon it's important not to beat ourselves up. But it is, I think it's also important to watch. I, like I I know. Uh, there are there are things I. It's the stuff that you consciously know you're avoiding. Um, that is not bringing health, in a relationship or. Or, or where you kind of do, like James was, was talking about earlier, where you kind of know the Holy Spirit's telling you to say something and you're trying to find another solution.
2: Mm. Um, it's like I did I did the Vote Compass the other day, Matt, and it's one of the questions in there is how many protests have you been to in the last, you know, six months <laughs> or whatever? How many petitions have you signed? It's like, mm, none. Um, no, I don't think so. And it made me think, shit, should I just be getting a little bit more active on things that I actually, because I do care about a lot of things that are going on you know, why am I not engaging with some of this stuff? And I think, but then I look at that and I think, oh, that's just dirty and messy. And, you know, that's not a, you know, that's not a space I want to play, but it's a bit the same. It's sort of almost saying I'll sit in my little comfortable bubble and I won't worry about too much of that. And I'll have my vote when the time comes and all that. But I think there's a lot more upstream stuff we have to be doing.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I I think that, and we'll get into talking about more of it next next week, but I, I, it does seem that Jesus is calling us not just to live a safe, comfortable, you know, warm and asleep life. To yeah. But but I think it's also true we don't have to beat ourselves up but, and, and it's got to come from this position of knowing that he loves you. Otherwise, activism driven from anger or frustration or whatever, it, doesn't help anybody but um well is there anything as we as we get close to wrapping up is there anything you'd want to sort of that sort of cropped up as we've been talking or that came up during the sermon that we haven't talked about yet like that that uh this is sort of a chance for last thoughts as we we wrap her up
2: Well, I just thought of it. You know, I do like that passage out of Matthew. You know, it's it's, a, it's not actually even a sparrow sold for a penny. It's two sparrows are sold for a penny. You know, yeah. so I feel a little bit bad for sparrows because that's pretty cheap. But you know, <laughs> the, the message is we're actually worth a whole lot more than that because yeah. know, they none of them go unaccounted for. So you know, I was I'm pretty encouraged by that. And you know, I'd like other people to you know the people that I interact with to know that better than they do.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. If it's any comfort,
3: Gus, yes, it was probably half a Nanari.
0: was a fair <laughs> bit then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, James or M, do you have any last thoughts? No.
4: Nothing comes to mind. I think we had a good conversation today about it.
0: Yeah, it's been great. And it was nice having Raj for the first bit. Uh, and uh, hopefully he'll be in a place where his phone can be a bit cooler next time. Uh, I might just pray, just to wrap, wrap us up. So, Jesus, we just want to pray for people listening to this, watching this. Uh, help us all to take your word seriously. Help us not be asleep in the light, uh, but help us know deeply how much you value us and that we actually do matter. Thanks so much for that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for a chance to be able to kick stuff around. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. So, uh, thanks, everybody. It's been good. Thank you.